We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Josh Bow, uh, one of the many editors over at MavsMoneyball.com, coming to you with another edition of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. I'm hosting uh, Change of Pace for Kirk Henderson. Uh, Kirk is with me, uh, but since I missed most of the first half and uh, Kirk watched the whole game, I think, uh, <laughs> we figured it'd be better to, to kind of switch it up. And plus, I haven't I haven't hosted in a while, and, and Kirk has been a madman doing doing a lot so I, I should probably pitch it a little bit more so kirk how are you doing tonight i'm good i'm good we're we're kind of doing what the mavericks were doing where finally you know we, we're both playing a little bit but but we got you know the team kind of got a rest yeah. and, and 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 you know much like the mavericks that you know a lot of different guys got to play we're gonna feel good about where where this game went um i for one am, am very pleased with the fact that for the first time in what feels like recorded history, the Mavericks did not play down to their opponent and came out against the Cavaliers, took care of business relatively quickly. 
just due to the roster. I mean, a lot of people are going to ask, hey, why didn't they sit Luca? Why did they do They Number one, they can't afford to lose. And number two, when you kind of get to the back half of the roster, particularly what happened kind of in the fourth quarter, the, the talent just falls off a cliff. <laughs> and so <laughs> it was, it was, it was, you know, it's, it's a, a good game to, to just feel good about the Mavericks. One of the things I was thinking about prior to, to us hopping on tonight was I remember talking, you know, maybe it's probably just like positive self-talk in like the first 20 games of the year about how it's so much more important to finish playing well than it is to play well early. And the Mavericks are just executing that perfectly. I mean, they've won since going nine and 14, they are 30 and 14, something like that. Like they have just run off an incredible string of wins. Yeah. And it's pretty amazing considering the, um, even during this winning stretch, um, there have been some weird bumps in the road. Like it hasn't always been easy. You know, they had the stretch where they lost five out of seven and those losses were not against all, not all of them were against like elite teams. They've had some weird efforts despite winning. Uh, and then they've had some like really, really awesome games against really good, like against good teams. Like it's just been, it's been a goofy season. And that's why I think I, I tweeted earlier that honestly, this is, you know, beating the crap out of a bad team on the second out of a back-to-back, like with the way this Mavs season has gone, like this really does kind of feel like the most impressive win of the season for me because good Lord, uh, when was the last time they thoroughly dominated a crappy team? Uh, Kirk, I'm looking at the the schedule and like the most, you know, they beat Washington on April 3rd by 12. And then before that they beat Oklahoma city on March 29th by 21. Uh, since then, even against bad teams, they've kind of played with their food a little bit. Like, you know, they've lost to Sacramento and, uh, the two Detroit wins were not super inspiring. Um, so they, they have three losses against Sacramento. So like, this was nice. Like it was nice to see them treat a game and play a game. Like they've been playing against some of the really good teams on national TV. Like this is like the hallmark of a good team, right? It's just taking care of business, beating the teams you should beat and beating them by a significant margin so that your stars can rest and, and conserve their energy uh like they're just all around good things uh, yeah yeah well it's funny that you note that somebody just tweeted me within the last minute or two and and as i pointed out the third or it was it was actually uh, uh machine sports uh for anybody who doesn't know uh mike marshall who does a lot of the the social media stuff for the mavericks he's the one who who reminded me of the 30 to 14 record over the last 44 games Somebody replied to me and said five of those 14 losses come from the Kings three times, the Rockets, and the Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> and then those two Detroit wins, they played like garbage. Well, and, and, one and, because and, of right, right. That's the, that's the flip side where it's like yeah. they do have some garbage wins in that 30 wins where it's just it's like this just kind of is what happens over the course of the season. And, I mean, I'm so angry after games, sometimes I forget that. Yeah. But it <laughs> – this was just nice. It was nice. I, you know, for the, the first half was really something because uh, Lucas stat line is hilarious. I doubt, <laughs> I mean, he had one assist in 23 minutes. Um, I, I, I bet if we were to just go gander at the game log, he doesn't have like his, his like highest to lowest assist total 
um, wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have, wouldn't be that, tell you that much. Um, and so it's, there's just like a lot of statistical oddities, you know, Josh, uh, Josh Richardson of all people was, was able to hit shots tonight. He was eight of 13 from the floor. Um, the only guy who wasn't really able to hit that kind of needed it ended up being, uh, Jalen Brunson, who was a hilarious, like three of 10. Um, oh yeah. Luca's lowest assist total for the season before tonight was four assists. Yeah, I think he only did that like once. Uh, so, four, three, uh, five a couple times. times oh, shockingly. Five, okay, but oh, it's my. you know it's it's like they were you know it's kind of a mixed bag of games, but it's just it's it's the sort of thing where for the second night in a row the Mavericks don't necessarily need Luca to be a superstar to win, and that's nice. Yeah, um, hit Josh Richardson hitting, hitting shots is mm-hmm. is very important because uh, as poorly as he has played this season, like. They still need it, like it. Just because he's played poorly and they've been able to kind of compensate and, and shift some minutes around doesn't really take away from the fact that they still need him uh, come playoff time. So yeah, even though it was against a bad team, it was just nice to see a pulse. I can't remember the last time he had as good a shooting night uh, on double digit shot attempts. I think we talked about that in one of our last podcasts. Like he's just, it is pretty outrageous how many times he's shot under 40 percent or under 50 you know like just some really bad shooting performances right and and Derek harper actually said on the broadcast like josh doesn't miss many open shots and it's like friend that's that's been his season that (laughs) is not true yeah but you know i do think we need to talk about the broadcast because the broadcast booth those guys were having a great time tonight by like the the three oh, yeah, it minute felt like mark they were passing the... the bottle around tonight. <laughs> that was, which you know what? Why There's not? been enough. You know, I I can I can respect that. I would kind of. It's just it's it's got to be weird watching this many games. You kind of run out of stuff to say, and then like the Mavericks play so well, and they just you know the Cavs never felt like they had a chance. It was it was really something watching them. Um, even in the fourth quarter when things got a little dicey, because like you look at like the the single player box my uh, uh plus minus and and for, at, at a certain point um who was it is it yeah Trey Burke thankfully he finished with like a plus 2 but at one point he was like a negative in a game where the Mavericks were up by 25 <laughs> it's yeah. like there's like weird things happening i mean i'm i, I i'm kind of curious as as to it, you know we should at least mention the Josh Green game again he got in in the first quarter he played 26 minutes he had five rebounds and uh Hank, you know, a, a video guy from Mavs Moneyball does a lot of his own stuff. Panda Hank 41 on YouTube mentioned that he he likes watching Green track down long rebounds, which have been a problem for the Mavericks. And I don't know, Green's basketball instincts are so weird, but he does have a nose for the ball. Like that seems to be just kind of a sports thing where he goes to where the ball is. And it's it's just this I'm enjoying watching him being an engine in chaos right now. Yeah, it's exactly what they needed um, from someone on their bench with the way the rest of the guys kind of play. Like, just like I, I don't know. I'm gonna probably be a broken record with him, but he's just he's the most uh, ooh he's the most athletic player on the roster, and it's not even. I mean, it's not even close. Like you might say Willie uh, Willie Cauley Stein, but I would I would argue that Green, just from a pure ath- athletic standpoint, uh, is tops on the roster, and you could just tell when he's on the floor. And when he is kind of playing within himself in terms of not putting up really weird garbage floaters, like he seemed to want to do uh, his first, you know, in the first half of the season, uh, when he's kind of just focusing on what he can do really well right now, 
uh, it makes a world of difference. And it makes a world of difference when he's playing with veterans and not playing with Boban or, you know, the rest of the end of bench guys in garbage time. Like playing next to Luca, I think really helps him. Uh, I've said it before, but playing next to guys that can kind of cover paper over his weaknesses, like he doesn't need to be the best shooter. He doesn't need to create. Like you just be on the floor and, and just you focus that ball of energy in positive ways on the boards, uh, you know, on, on the defensive end. Like it's just been fun. Uh, it is really weird. Like he's he's a really strange player from the sense that like you would think a, a player like him would struggle. Like he obviously does well with, you know, athletic plays and, and, and making defensive plays, steals, getting rebounds, that kind of thing. But like he's he obviously has some – feel for the game as we've seen all season like when he makes these like good passes uh but he but then like the rest of his like you would think okay well if he's got that which is usually hard for for rookies especially guys like him in his his kind of role archetype you'd be like oh well what about his offense like the rest of his offense it's like no it's not it's it's not there it's just strange like i've never i haven't seen a rookie like him that's like paul like seemingly more polished than he should be in some areas like his passing and his vision and his his kind of offensive feel but then like he you know he's made like four out of 25 threes or whatever like it's just yeah it's it's strange but i'm glad that the mavericks are getting him into games getting him minutes because that doesn't improve uh until he plays more well, I got to be honest. I I never really paid much attention to Josh Green, even in the the post draft stuff. And I know um, uh, Mike Tad uh, was on our staff at some point. Was maybe gonna you know if he was able to get to games, maybe talk to Josh uh, about his Australian League football stuff. And I'm very that's one thing I'm curious about long term is what because it, it seems like he was a late in life basketball player. I'm curious how other sports influenced how he plays because, uh, and I've just been thinking about this. Uh, the, the ringer university has this, the, the, they have this podcast where they kind of talk about developmental players and guys who are figuring things out. And, and, and um, J Kyle Mann was talking about how the, just sort of the, the homogeny of American basketball players and, what that can mean, you know, moving forward for guys that are like very niche in how they play. And, you know, just, just a guy who plays hard and goes at the ball. Like it, the Mavericks are, are, are populated by so many guys who are skilled, but just the, the fact that no one except for Dwight Powell uh, really plays like that, where they just kind of relentlessly attack at all times, even if it's like almost uncontrolled. I don't know. It, it's going to be fun to see what they do with him because I've said this in our chat a few times at Mavs Moneyball, but if the Mavericks can teach Dorian Finney-Smith to shoot, they can teach this guy to shoot. I feel very confident in that big picture-wise. Now, whether it works out with the timeline with Luke is kind of a different story, but given enough reps and opportunities, Green should be able to figure something out because it's hard to remember now. Dorian could not shoot. Shooting from him was a horrifying experience, not unlike watching Josh Green, and he's figured it out. Yeah, and then the uh, the devil's advocate is uh, Dorian played uh, about 180-something games in his first three seasons uh, in Dallas, uh, and he was he he got he got a lot of minutes, he got a lot of reps, <clears throat> he played a lot on a lot of teams that did not necessarily care about winning, so they did not care that he played and shot the ball a lot. 
Uh, and Green is not going to get that. Like, pure and simple, he is not going to, you know, he's only played however many games he's played, however many minutes he's played this season. Next season, depending on what the Mavericks do, you got to imagine it's going to be another, you know, uphill fight for him to carve out rotation minutes uh, unless, you know, the offseason is is a total disaster. Um, so he's he is behind the eight ball in terms of like, you know, Dorian had the time. You know, the Mavericks invested the time in him. You know, he's not going to necessarily get that mu- that amount of game time. So he kind of has to – it's going to be on him and, and taking advantage of these off seasons, taking advantage of his practice time. Like, it, it's not necessarily a fair comparison due to, you know, the advantage Dorian had playing on really crappy Mavs teams that did not care that he was playing 81 games and 25 minutes a night and shooting 30, 30% from, from uh, three. Uh, he's just not going to have that. Uh, that's just the reality. The Mavs are good now. Luka will prevent this team from being – bad for the, as long as Luca is in Dallas uh, and plays NBA basketball. So uh, it's imperative point. on him to, to, to be as resourceful as he can and doesn't help that he basically, you know, they didn't have an off season with the pandemic. Thankfully things are getting better so that things should be a little bit more normal whenever this Maverick season ends. So hopefully he can take that time. Cause like you said, you know, he seems to have a lot of other things that, that that can work, and if he can just be a reliable spot up shooter, that's gonna that's gonna mean the world to his development. Um, Kirk, I want to pivot and ask you about something we brought up in Slack, uh, talking about how the Mavs have played well in the last, you know, whatever this run they're on uh, with this two headed center rotation, basically of Collie Stein and Dwight Powell, two players that we've both are, have been hot and cold on, maybe more cold than hot in some cases, but it, it feels like there's something there with those guys, you know, Collie Stein and, and Powell aren't necessarily going to be the right guys to, to guard the rim all the time. Collie Stein is a space cadet. Powell is kind of a, a, a broomstick with no arms, as I like <laughs> to call him, but they, they move like they're act. They have active feet. Uh, they don't have cement shoes. I think is what I said in Slack. What, what are you seeing? Cause I feel like those two guys have really given them good minutes over the last week. I'm not sure how long it's going to last, but I, I think the Mavs have to take it where they can. Zach Lowe wrote about Powell in particular today and noted how he, he just acknowledged how bad Powell was on defense, but also how it hasn't seemed to matter. Um, I, I It's so interesting because the numbers, the advanced stats tell you that these lineups with Luka and, and KP at center are so good offensively. I believe it, but there's something aesthetically pleasing to me about having a rim roller, a, a guy who will do things the way both of these guys are doing things in offense, even though um, Willie still has his, um, <laughs> let's just call it artful moments where he can't figure out what he's supposed to do. But I just like watching it. I, it Watching Luca thread a pass to a guy near the basket is just, uh, it's such a skill play and I enjoy watching it. And, you know, it's it's not. I mean, when he kicks out to the backside, or when he throws like a behind the back pass to somebody at the top of the key for three, it's still obviously fantastic, but it's different. And I'm wondering, I don't know. The Mavericks are going to be very difficult to figure out come playoffs because I do feel that these two guys have given them a different look. Now, whether Kara would go to that look is sort of kind of what the overarching question is as far as what you're talking about, because they're winning these games, but you know, Rick is a master tactician and 
he could just simply not do any of this because he doesn't <laughs> think it would work. Right. Um, there's something uh, I want to say. Uh, I think I figured out why Willie Collie Stein is, is a bad dunker. Uh, I noticed <laughs> it when he tried to posterize Anderson Verjao, who I <laughs> like, why? Dude, like, I mean, the, it was one of the first, like, the broadcast was like, isn't he like 57 years old? And I was like, I was like, yeah. I cannot believe 38-year-old Anderson Verjao is on one of the worst. Like, he's on this really crappy Cavs team. That's hilarious. But Willie tried to posterize him, and I noticed I don't think Willie can palm the ball. Ooh. So when he went up one-handed, he kind of had the ball curl, you know, like curled between his wrist and his palm. Like, and it didn't, you know, he it didn't look like he could palm it. I wonder if that's why uh, he is not as good a dunker as he, as he should be, considering you know his athleticism and his length. Uh, but not, I'm on a tangent. But I, yeah, I kind of agree with you uh, about the the Pal Kali Stein minutes. You know, it, it might just be more just trying to get to the end of the season. Obviously, when Kristaps is healthy, he's going to play, and they're going to play him as much as they can. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, when you talk about like how aesthetically pleasing it is. I mean, this is what I mean. Luke, this is what Luca did at Real Madrid. He his his center was always a rim runner. I can't remember the names of the guys he played with at Real that did that. But I mean, when you watch his his highlights from from Madrid, I mean, it was always spread, you know, high pick and roll with with the five, and the five was always a roller diving to the rim, and he had a lot of nice alley oops and, and finds there. So like that's a very like that's very comfortable style for him. And I think you can tell when he's playing with Willie and when he's playing with Powell, there's just a little bit more pep or zip. I don't want to, I'm not trying to disparage Przingis here because we're just, we're just going to wait on talking about Kristaps and his absence probably until we get a better idea of what's going on or when he returns and how the team looks when he returns. But yeah, it's just like you said, it's a different look. Sometimes it's more aesthetically pleasing and maybe that's because that's how Luca likes to play. And that's how he played in, in Madrid. So I don't know, but it's it's just been fun to watch those two guys kind of hold the hold down the fort uh, and give some productive minutes. Um, anything else? I mean, this was a pretty wire to wire win. Anything else that that caught your eye? I've got one more thing, but I want to hear what you got to say. No, man, we've that we've talked twenty minutes so far is actually impressive. Oh my god, I thought we were only going to get out of here in like fifteen. Hey, we like talking to each other, and Me the too. people like it when we talk to each other. I hear That's from good. them. Um, I, I want to note before we get out of here, then, uh, another 20 point game for Tim Hardaway Jr. Ooh. That's three 20 point games in a row. Uh, if I'm looking at this right, four out of his last five have been over 20 points. Um, he's been starting, uh, since Maxi and Kristaps have been out. And to be honest, I don't, when Maxi and Kristaps are healthy, that's going to be a very interesting decision because, yep. I really like him in the starting lineup. Um, sure. And it's really funny because it's less uh, he needs to be in the starting lineup because he needs to play with Luca in terms of like he will only play well with Luca giving him those open shots. Like it's kind of how we felt last year. But more that I just want the best players the Mavericks have to play the most minutes together at all times, right? Like yes. Hardaway has, he is not. I think he has transitioned from last season to like last season. It was like, oh, he is benefiting from the Maverick system and from Luca to this season. He is kind of his own. He is his own solar system, like of offense. Like he is with or without Luca, he is a a good NBA player now. And it's, 
on an M, on a roster that is starved for shot making. Uh, you know, when Luca, when Dorian and Maxi, their old starting lineup, when you had Dorian, Maxi, KP, you know, Josh and Luca, with Dorian and Maxi, that's two high minute starters that cannot create offense like at all. Like those are yep. guys that are almost entirely dependent on Luca creating shots. And I think when you put Hardaway, you take Maxi out, you put Hardaway in, you're taking away you know, a guy that is basically just a spot up guy with a guy that is a spot up guy and can get his own shot off and can can generate his own offense with or without Luca passes. I'm seeing a big difference and I'm seeing a big difference in these first quarters, which have historically been really bad, you know, say for, you know, the Miami game was pretty bad, but I don't know. I'm, I'm liking, I've been really impressed with, with Hardaway's season this year. Uh, I even said earlier today on Twitter, I think he's their second best player now. That's my semi hot take. Uh, and I just want him to play as many minutes as he can with Luca, just because why wouldn't you want two of the best players on your roster to play together as much as possible? So I just, he's on a good run right now. And I just wanted to kind of acknowledge that before we get out of here. I love it. It's a great take. Yeah. So otherwise you got anything else or you let's, or we can go. No. So for, for folks, just programming notes, uh, yeah. I'm going to run a locker room after this. If you've not been joining these, you really got to, I mean, we're probably, I say this, I don't know. I, I say this without ego, but we're probably one of the two or three biggest Dallas, or I'm not just Dallas, like basketball locker rooms on there. We get like a hundred people post game, everybody asking questions, talking shit. We have a great time. It's a fun community. You should join. I've been posting them on the podcast feed. Um, I know they're not for everybody, but that's why, you know, I, I kind of post them and let people know when they are. Uh, but you should consider joining when you get the opportunity. There's a beta out on, um, android uh yeah it, it so I, I i should hop into one of these when i have i will say the android time. beta seems to work sometimes like they are still <laughs> it's definitely a beta but we're having fun uh that podcast version you know if you're getting this and you're hearing it on saturday morning i'm gonna put this up saturday afternoon um and then we will josh and i will probably be back sunday night because the Mavs yeah. play the Cavs again uh, yes. for a, an, an earlier game at least i hope so i've not looked uh, I have it up. They play at 6 p.m. Oh, Central Time. That's what I'm talking so. about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but All then right. they close the season on two late late games, I think. so. Damn it. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> All good things must come to an end. You've been on a nice little hot streak with East Coast uh, Times, basically. I have. <laughs> well, let's get out of here then. Uh, stay tuned. You know, listen for the for the locker room if you if you want. Check that out. Uh, we'll be back Sunday, like Kirk said. Uh, again, Mavericks uh, thoroughly uh, dominate the Cavs. They win 110-90. Dallas is 39-28. Oh, they, they're Southwest Division champs. Yeah, first, let's do first, it. First time since 2010. What, it's um, one, yeah, it's great. Uh, it's really funny that the Mavericks are one of the most successful NBA franchises of the last 25 years, and they have like three division titles because they share division with the other most successful NBA franchise of the last Spurs. I know. Uh, so, Hey, that's cool. Uh, so let's get out of here for, for Kirk. This is Josh Bow, Maz Moneyball after dark, Maz with the Cavs, one ten ninety. I will talk to you Sunday night.
Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.